Welcome to Crafts and Crime. I'm Amy. I'm Elaine. <laughs> so we are going to be talking about crafty things and also some crimey things. <laughs> so we should probably introduce ourselves and how we know each other. Yeah. <laughs> as the cast crashes out the door. We'll eventually introduce all the animals. <laughs> yes. They will make it into the show as well. Exactly. <laughs> So I am married to Elaine's cousin, Jack. So we're family, (laughs) but not really like blood related. Kentucky cousins? Yeah. Because we tell everyone we're cousins, but then we have to explain the situation. That my husband's her cousin, but we're cousins. Yeah. But not really. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So we decided to just start a podcast because why not we're doing it for us we're doing it for us and everyone is welcome yeah so with that said um did you have some crafty stuff to talk about um actually one of the things that i'm gonna get ready to do is i'm working on a list of crafts to introduce maybe brand new for some people that are technically going extinct and what Mm -hmm. that means is that the masters of these crafts are old they're ready to finish up and nobody wants to be an apprentice and that's a real bummer Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna be start talking i'm gonna be starting be starting i'm gonna be starting (laughs) to talk about that soon and there's a whole list i have a british list and i will also have an american list and those will include like native crafts and folk art and i'm really excited so exciting one day we'll get to recording them too i know um but Right now, the only crafty thing we're doing is we have chickens and quail, <sighs> and so we're getting all that farm stuff going. We just put together my chicken run, and we got sunburned. <laughs> oh, my God. Right? The first sunburn of where we live down here. Yeah. So, Priming up. I know. Seriously. So, yeah, we got sunburns. I got it really bad. And, um, yeah, and then the next is, like, garden stuff and we got stuff growing so. yeah we're gonna show some urban homesteading for your backyard because mm-hmm. right now our backyards are technically con- connected, connected. <laughs> yes we are neighbors yes as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so uh my next door neighbors moved out and i talked to the <laughs> landlord and i was like hey i know someone and so then yeah then elaine and her husband and daughter moved in next door yeah. and then it got windy and rainy and part of the fence fell down (laughs) and so now we just basically have like one big backyard which is nice i like it too yeah and i i really like it except for the dogs it happens i know now you have dogs (laughs) now i have dogs and now the neighborhood thinks i have dogs so exactly (laughs) so extra security so yeah that's the next thing on the list if they could get to it so yeah eventually but this is gonna be so fun i know we're going to have a lot coming up. When the weather gets good, we're going to be outside. Mm-hmm. We're going to show off some outside stuff. I know. I can't wait. Me either. <gasps> what? <sighs> oh, I'm just excited. I know. We have so many I, projects. I'm so excited. I'm sunny. <laughs> I'm sunny too. So. All you premenopausal people out there. I know. I'm like, I'm so sunny. Um. So, should I just go straight into Yes, I can't time? wait. Okay. I've had some hints and I'm excited because I don't know about this at all. Yeah. So, I will preface this by saying I got a lot of information from the show on Discovery Plus called um, Beyond Reasonable Doubt. So, I watched it. I had already kind of, I can't remember where I had heard it a bit before, 
but it was in California. I grew up born and raised in California, so I figured it is perfect for me to do. And it is the murder of Sherry Rasmussen. Okay. okay. So, Sherry Rasmussen was born February 7th, 1957. So we're taking it back, you know, before we were even in existence. My dad's older than that. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> Um, okay, so she entered college at Loma Linda University, which is like Ooh, really close to right us. Right around the corner. <laughs> at only 16 years old. Ooh, so just like smart pants. I know. She nice. was very smart. Very smart. Um, and so when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, because my son is going to be 16 and he's going to start college courses while Ooh. still being in high school. <laughs> Anyways, but she, yeah, just went straight to college at 16. She wanted to have a career in critical care nursing, and by the age of 20, she was the director of nursing at Glendale Advent- Adventist Medical Center. When she was working there, she met John Retton, who was an engineer. The two dated for about a year, and then they got married in November 1985. Sadly, three months after being married, the unimaginable happened. On February 24th, 1986, the day started as usual for Sherry and John. John was getting ready for work, and Sherry was still in bed contemplating whether or not to go to work. (laughs) Yeah, Jack did the same thing today. He was like, do I have to go? He's like, no, I don't want to do it. (laughs) So we all kind of know how that how that feels. But um, but for her, the day wasn't going to be that exciting. She just had to supervise a human resources class, but she thought it wasn't really that important. So when John left for work, Sherry was actually still in bed. Ultimately, Sherry decided not to go to work and called in sick. She had a recent back injury from doing aerobics, so she used that as an excuse for not coming into work. You're not supposed to twist when you bend. Yeah. (laughs) I learned that the hard way getting a kid out of a car seat. (laughs) Seriously. Um, So John called the house a few hours later to check in with Sherry, but there was no answer. So at first he thought maybe she had decided to go into work after all. So he tried to call her at work, but her secretary said that she didn't see her that day. Um, He called the house a few more times with no answer, and her sister also called the house and didn't get an answer either. When John returned home from work to their Van Nuys condo, he found the garage door open and broken glass on the driveway. He also noticed that Sherry's BMW that he thought that he bought for her was missing. So initially, I think he thought like, oh, she backed into something, broke a taillight. Mm-hmm. And so like, what did she do now? But then he noticed that the door leading into the house from the garage was wide open as well, which like that would freak me out. Like just coming mm-hmm. home, even if I knew like, oh, Jack probably called off sick, but like, where's his car? And then like, mm-hmm. why is all this? O- if my door was open, I'd be freaking out. Right. So the cat's got Exactly. Just- <laughs> That's what I would be for- like. The cat's where's the what dog? Yeah. What happened? This is not right. Yeah. So obviously it was like red flag. Something's wrong. Um, then he also noticed that the answering machine was not activated well, back in the day when, you know, you had to have an answering machine. <laughs> and the little um, tape ran out of space. Yeah. Too bad for you. Yeah. And so I think that's why, like, the, well, as you know, it's the answering machine's not activated, so it just rings and rings and rings mm-hmm, and rings. Mm-hmm. And so it's like nobody's answering. Um, so when he went into the house, he unfortunately found the body of his wife on the living room floor. Hmm. She was in her night clothes, which was a camisole and a robe. Her arms were raised as if she was defending herself. Her face was badly beaten, 
and there was a gunshot wound that he could clearly see. He reached over to feel her to see if he could find a pulse, but she was cold, so John immediately called 911. I would have called 911 with with my door open and stuff. I can't even imagine walking in on that. So when detectives arrived, they began processing the scene. Lyle Mayer was one of the detectives on the scene and collected fingerprints, conducted interviews, and took pictures. There were a few things, though, that stood out to detectives. There was no sign of forced entry. The fact that Sherry was in her night clothing showed the possibility that she was scared by an intruder. Detectives theorized that she possibly had a gun pulled on her by the intruders and she put up a fight. There was a ceramic vase that had been shattered. The electronics in the house were stacked up and some drawers were open, which would indicate a potential burglary. Mm. I don't think anything was really even taken. It was like set up to look like, oh, Mm -hmm. it's a robbery. There were wooden shelves pulled out and electronics unplugged. And there were bloody fingerprints on some of the electronics and bloody handprints on the walls. So it was clear that it was a burglary. Mm-hmm. They've tried to really make it look like that. Yes. Okay. So, sadly, there were indications that she put up a serious fight. There were shots that had gone through the windows. Detectives theorized that she may have possibly gotten the gun from the intruder, but was too scared to shoot them. Oh, no. I know. It's so scary to even, like, imagine that in your head. Oh, yeah. Was... You sit and you think about what you think you would do, but in mm-hmm. that moment... You just, you don't know. Freak out. I would freeze. I, I don't know what I would do. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, during the struggle, it appears that the suspect was losing the fight and bit Sherry on the arm with their full mouth. So For like, one, ew. Exactly. But like, ow. Yeah, ow. I'm an idiot. Yeah, so there's their entire bite mouth the whole mouth like on her arm um the suspect then started being beating sherry with most likely the butt of the pistol with the initial blow hitting her over her right eye they then took a pink and green quilt and put it on top of sherry and shot and killed her she was shot a total of three times two of the shots were contact shots which means very close range there were no shells or casings at the scene but during the autopsy, two bullets were recovered from her body. Both were a thirty-eight caliber. There was a residential burglary burglary <laughs> that occurred. Burger. I know, that occurred nearby. So detectives thought they were all connected. Mm-hmm. John was rolled out as a suspect very quickly. He was clearly distraught, and detectives were convinced that this was a burglary, which is like, yeah, it, it appears like one. So it has all the signs. And I think they were just like, well, like, it's not the husband because, you know, it's Mm -hmm. always the husband did it or whatever. And so they just were like, well, you know, it's uh, it's a burglary. And with that, her murder became a cold case after only 60 days. So they said, yeah, they were just like, that's it. We're not going to. It's crazy that the thought that a burglar, I know it does happen, but. That's a lot of fighting for someone who just wants to steal some nonsense. Exactly. Like, that's a lot. Why would you go through all that? Just, like, bail or, like, knock her the heck out and run. So, like, that's way – that's, like – And I'm sorry. I'm not going to put up a fight like that if someone's just wanting to steal my stereo. Yeah. I'd run out of the house. Just take it. Don't hurt me. I wouldn't be fighting for my life. So, clearly, it was, like, someone – yeah. 
it's personal it's mm-hmm. clear it looks personal and mm-hmm. someone's trying to make it look like it's a burglary but detectives were like nope it's it's just a burglary because there's you know there was one nearby so they're connected that's it so in this was in 1986 so detectives and forensic scientists didn't have the same tools that we have today such as the ability to test dna mm-hmm. you know i can't tell you how many of those cases are like being solved now with the familial dna and everything so they're gonna get you i know <laughs> Um, so in November 20 or 2001, not 21 Mm -hmm. in November, 2001, a detective Shepard looked at the case. The bite mark on Sherry's arm was initially tested for blood type. The blood types that were found were a and O Sherry was type O and the other person was type A. Only 40% of the population is type A. So it kind of narrows it down. So analyzing the DNA further, detectives found that the DNA belonged to a female. Oh, snap. Mm-hmm. So now they know it's a type A blood type female. So looking at the scene again with fresh eyes, new detectives, the whole burglary looks stage. Hmm, you don't say. <laughs> And another interesting fact that was missing in the initial investigation was that Sherry and John's marriage certificate was taken from the house that day. Sad bitch. (laughs) The entire attack felt very personal considering the fact that there was a bite mark on Sherry's arm. So detectives made a list of women in Sherry's life that may have had contact or feuds with her and narrowed it down to five. You have any guesses? Well, you already said one. <laughs> so, <I guess. laughs> Decide. Oh. Yeah. So these women were her mother. Mm, okay. Which, yeah. You know, mom's not going to kill you. Probably not. You never know. Uh, her sister, a roommate, and a female she had an issue with at Glendale Adventist Hospital where she worked, and an ex-girlfriend of her husband, John. Dun, dun, dun. Sherry's father told detectives to look into John's ex-girlfriend, Stephanie Lazarus. I know. So who's Stephanie Lazarus? Well, John and Stephanie met in college at UCLA. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's out here in LA. Uh, They started having sex after John graduated college. Stephanie was very much into John, but John wasn't wanting things to be as serious. Around this time, John started a job with a hard drive manufacturer, and Stephanie became a uniformed officer with none other than the LAPD. So she was an LAPD officer. Once John met Sherry, he decided to break things off with Stephanie. But not before sleeping with her one last time while him and Sherry were engaged. Rude. No, so she Dirty was a savage. <laughs> so... Stephanie had shown up at John and Sherry's apartment during the time they were engaged in flattering, air quotes, workout clothes and asked (laughs) John to wax her skis. Oh, uh, he's going to wax them all right. Yeah. (laughs) But Sherry was there. Oh, no. Yeah. Sherry did not like the thought of her soon-to-be husband waxing his girlfriend's (laughs) skis. It sounds so nasty. It is nasty. Don't have your... I swear, if one of Jack's ex-girlfriends showed up and was like, I need you to wax my skis, I'd be like, get out of here. So clearly she did. There's other people that can do that. Exactly. Exactly. She could have probably done it herself. So she didn't... Sherry didn't like the idea of that, but 
John did it anyways. So he took her skis and said he would wax them for her. I bet he did. Mm-hmm. So after that, Sherry asked John if their relationship was truly over, and he convinced her that they were just friends. Um, and then when Stephanie returned to get her skis, she was in full uniform and armed while John was at work. So Sherry was at home and had to answer the door to Stephanie in a full police officer's uniform. She was clearly trying to intimidate her. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, because they weren't married at this time. So Sherry had no idea what to think about the encounter and told her father about it. And that is why detectives knew to look into her. However, detectives at the time in 1986 did not want to investigate one of their own. Clearly. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So... Um, another concerning fact that came up when the case was looked at again is that all of the files and notes pertaining to Stephanie Lazarus were missing. Convenient. Like, yeah, conveniently missing. The interviews with John and Stephanie's father, Nels, were just gone. It appears as if someone in the department was really trying to cover for Stephanie Lazarus. You know, protect your own. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, of course, it's not easy investigating a fellow officer, but the detectives looking into this case now knew it had to be done. Stephanie was still an active duty police officer for the LAPD. She worked with them. She was highly decorated and well-liked. She was part of the D.A.R.E. program. Remember D.A.R.E.? <laughs> Say no to drugs, kids. Yeah. <laughs> was never offered drugs by a stranger once. Seriously. <laughs> never in my life have I ever been offered drugs. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, like they... Not like that. <laughs> exactly. No. <laughs> Anyway, so she was part of the D.A.R.E. program. Um, She was in internal affairs, and she was only one of two specialists for forged stolen art. Oh, oh, that's interesting. She was only a team. She was one of two people. Um, So she was smart. mm -hmm. But not smart enough. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She had also been married to another detective that worked on the floor below them. So they're all investigating her. She works with them. Mm -hmm. And she was previously married. So it's like, who's helping who? You know, cover up. But then looking into Stephanie more closely, they discover she owned a two-inch thirty-eight caliber Hmm. revolver. She actually had two two-inch 38 caliber caliber revolvers registered to her the same gun that type of gun that killed sherry it was remember she was shot three times with a 38 mm-hmm. caliber even more interesting was the fact that the first gun was reported stolen two weeks after sherry's murder so wow just, she waited two whole weeks mm-hmm. <laughs> but she didn't report it stolen in la where she worked she went all the way to santa monica and reported it stolen there Oh, so, like, she traveled really far away. Oh, okay. She didn't want to be connected to L.A. Mm -hmm. or, you know, her department at all that she had a gun that just went missing. And the second one was purchased 10 days after her murder. Mm -hmm. So she, you know, bought one and then, oh, my other one was stolen. And more interesting is the fact that she was off work for a few days, including the day of the murder. Oh. Mm -hmm. So she had time. She has some some free time on her hands, I guess, you know, like, what do I do? Um, So there are too many factors lining up to point the finger at Stephanie. So detectives decided to collect her DNA by trailing her because they just, (laughs) they don't want to tip her off. Right. And pick up a soda can. Yeah. Wonder what the item is. What is it? So (laughs) they followed her to Costco. I love Costco. I do too. (laughs) We're going to go soon. Um, And yeah, she, uh. Had a soda, soda can. Oh, well. 
with a straw. So, you know, she tossed it in a little trash can nearby and they went and grabbed it. Public property. It is. Just like, you know, when they pick up a cigarette that someone flicks off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she tossed it in the can and they went over and gathered (laughs) it and, and then they had her DNA. So they tested it for DNA and surprise surprise the results showed a match to the bite mark on sherry's arm 23 years later so detectives knew they had to you know they had to take her in you know Mm -hmm. but they had to do this carefully so they um the robbery homicide division picked it up um they really wanted to make sure that she wouldn't flee or disappear because she was at like the end of her career. Cause think about it. This, you know, this happened, you know, a while ago. So she's, oh my she's gosh, still working. Right? Yes. So from the time of the murder until now, when they're investigating it, she's mm-hmm. still an That's officer. Been such a so, long time. Yes. Yeah, so she's near the end of her career. So they just didn't want to spook her. So they had to be very strategic about how they were going to interview her without tipping her off. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you can't just say, like, we need you in the interview room. So they got really creative. Um, before they interviewed her, um, they got a search warrant. It was uh, for her house, car, work, space, etc. Um, and they set up surveillance to make sure that she wouldn't disappear if she became, like, the least bit suspicious. Because the last thing after all of this, you just don't want her to, like, be gone. And, you know, and then you can't, justice yeah. can't be served. Mm-hmm. Um, so, on June 5th, 2009, so this is, like, way after they even opened up this case and started yeah. looking into it. Dozens of LAPD members gathered for the day. They were going to carry out the uh, interrogation and searches. That morning, Stephanie showed up to work, and a detective told her they had a suspect she needed to talk to about stolen art. So she agreed to come help. Detective specifically chose an interrogation room closer to the jail so she would have to hand over her firearm because they were not allowed in that specific area. Mm, because the last thing they wanted is their suspect armed in the yeah. interrogation room and like you know you shoot herself know. or shoot them right. or whatever mm-hmm. so i watched like the interrogation videos like you can Ooh. you can watch them it yeah. was like a hidden oops i just hit my microphone I'm trying to touch my chest they had like a hidden camera mm-hmm. so that you could see you oh, know okay. all of this because they didn't want to like to body cam yes yes <laughs> okay okay so um <laughs> so it's wild you all have to i'll have to show you some of it um because once in the interrogation room, the two detectives cut right to the chase and told her they needed to talk to her about, you know, Sherry Rasmussen's murder. Mm-hmm. So during the interrogation, she acted like she didn't know John's wife and acted really like, what are you talking about? Yeah, because she truly believed she was there to talk about stolen art. So <laughs> she still was like playing that game. Yeah. So then detectives asked her about her relationship with John. And this is what mm-hmm. she says. Quote, <laughs> I couldn't even tell you the last time I talked to him. It was kind of a weird relationship. We dated. I can't say that he was my boyfriend. I don't know if he would have considered me his girlfriend. We just dated. Oh. Remember? Just... She was the one that was all obsessed with him. Yeah. <laughs> um, And then they asked about Sherry and if she had ever met her. And she said, I may have. So they were all like, do you remember her name or anything? And she was like, hmm. Like really playing dumb. Mm-hmm. And they were like, or what she did for a living or where she worked, anything about her. 
And she was like, well, I think she was a nurse. I can't remember how he said he met her. It's been so long ago. Yeah. So she's just playing dumb. Yeah. Totally dumb. So then they asked her about the confrontation she had with Sherry at the hospital. <laughs> she was that woman. Yeah. That other suspect who knew that she was two suspects on their mm-hmm. list. Both. So she denied ever having a fight with Sherry. And you can see she's like super dramatic. Mm-hmm. She's so she's putting on a show. Like so she's, offended. Oh, how yeah. Like, you? how could you? Like, you know, I'm an officer and of the law, I bet. Yeah. She. Oh, yeah. How dare you? She was she was very dramatic, shocked mm-hmm. that they would like accuse her. <laughs> and um, and so she just kept saying, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know anything. And uh, then they ask if she would be willing to give a DNA sample. So then she's like, wait, maybe. But Mm -hmm. it's just very like, like, why would you ask me that or whatever? Mm -hmm. And then she was just like, I'm done. I'm out of here. And so she gets up to walk out of the interrogation room. Instead, she is promptly arrested for the murder (laughs) of Sherry Rasmussen based on DNA evidence after getting away with it for 26 years. Wow. So they got her. So it was Good. clearly a jealous rage. I don't know. Yeah. It was. Obsession. <sighs> yeah. She was obsessed with him. She didn't want to let go. And like I said in the beginning, it was she was more into him than, you know, he was with her. Which it was is a sad. fling. Oh, was yeah. was college. Oh, yeah. Just like dumb frat boy crap, I bet. Exactly. <laughs> and it. Which is still sad. But like, come on, lady. Gotta mm-hmm. give it up. Really sad yeah. I had to get to that point. Yeah. And John later, like, you know, after Sherry's murder and stuff, he eventually, you know, he got remarried and he moved. Mm-hmm. And in court, he, you know, said it was awful of him to sleep with her, you know, when um, they he was engaged to Sherry and he feels yeah. awful about that. But I mean. That shouldn't lead that, to murder. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But there's I no mean, excuse for either. Yeah. And Sherry's family doesn't think he had anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly mm-hmm. he didn't. He was clearly distraught. They were in yeah. love and they were only married for like three months. Oh, no. Yes. So, so it's like it wasn't even that long of a marriage. It, it really is sad. Mm-hmm. So um, in 2009, she was indicted for the murder of Sherry. She, of course, pleaded not guilty, and her bond was set at $10 million. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. Um, her attorney tried to get charges dropped, but, of course, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, her trial began in February 2012. I'm not going to go through all the, you, you know, you kind of get the gist of it. And I think anyone in that courtroom knew Hey, mm-hmm. your DNA, your bite mark is on her. Like you could, you did it. Like yeah. you, you can say you didn't and play stupid, but yeah. So, um, trial began in February, 2012. And then very quickly in March, after a couple days of deliberation, a jury of eight women and four men found Stephanie Lazarus guilty of first degree murder. She was sentenced to 27 years to life in prison. She has filed multiple appeals, which were unsuccessful, and she is currently serving her sentence in the California Institute Institution for Women in Corona, California. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right close to us. Yeah. Like, that's... Crazy. Yeah. That's There's pretty a close. lot of prisons out here. There is. We used to live up in an area called the High Desert, and that was kind of scary because oh, yeah. it was real close to us. Yeah, where Super I grew close. up and like farmland you know yeah. there was the prison out there i can't remember mm-hmm. i don't think it was a women's pr- i think they have both i can't remember yeah. but yeah i remember lockdowns in high school because like, someone escaped the prison and, <laughs> and sometimes and, like, when they transport people they'll yeah. do it too just to be safe just to be safe yeah all the schools and stuff but um 
Wow. But yeah, she'll be eligible for eligible for mm-hmm. parole in December 2023. Oh, wow. Yeah. And her uh, parole hearing is scheduled for November 16th, 2023. Wow, that's awesome. So, yeah. No, I don't think so. I, I hope not because we'll have to keep you updated. Yeah. I'm like, that's on my list. I'm going to mm-hmm. set a reminder and see you know what's going on with that i hope she doesn't get out because that would be really offensive oh my gosh and if you see like court photos of her mm-hmm. like or just photos of stephanie she looks psycho oh no. like really psycho you're like pick out the crazy person exactly and she's literally like, like wide-eyed, wide-eyed and crazy <laughs> yeah. yes exactly <laughs> so oh, yeah no. and and um you know sherry she was so pretty so pretty it's always a always the pretty ones and i think she was just intimidated and successful and, and doing yes. well having the life i mean you know being an officer that's successful she had that for a really long time but in her eyes she had all of the things mm-hmm. and that's that's really unfair yeah so that was the murder of sherry rasmussen i'm just so glad it got solved I'm yeah. so glad that now DNA is coming out and solving all these cases mm-hmm. that it's sad for the families that this could have just been a cold case and, oh yeah, you know, just, nope, it was a burglary. I really think the public doesn't really comprehend how young this science still is. Oh, yes. And the way it's developing still, mm-hmm. it's a constant ongoing thing and it's so young still. Yeah. And, you know... People get away with it for a long time, but it's not forever. Mm-mm. It's never forever. I know. I know. I mean, look at the Golden State Killer. You know, oh gosh, like, right? Yeah. Do that cheek just, swab, people. I know. Seriously. <laughs> submit your DNA. <laughs> all your all your stuff's out there anyways. I know, right? <laughs> but it can help solve a crime. Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but really, it, it it's so crazy how all of this is evolving, but it's very interesting. And then for people like us, we get some closure because some of these things Mm -hmm. we've been hanging on to forever my mom is a crime lover too Mm -hmm. and um you know i've been hearing all these kinds of cases forever so some of them even in our youth i remember hearing Mm -hmm. on television Mm -hmm. and some of those we're going to talk about i know so excited so this is just a little short you know crime episode and we got a lot more coming out so with that said Stay crafty and not crimey. Bye. Bye.